Hey, what's up? We're Brave Youth, a youth movement happening all across Miami, starting at our home, Brave Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We can't wait to see how God's going to use it to change your life. Enjoy the message. It feels good to be in church. Doesn't it feel good to be in church on Wednesday night? I mean, they, they, could, be net, they, they could be watching Netflix. Like, like, you could be just, I don't know, hitting up some 2K on the PS4. You could be getting your homework done that you probably still need to get done after service, but you know what I'm saying, homework. But nah, fam, you are in church, and this is the place to be. This is it. And if it is your first time at Brave Youth, welcome. We love you. You're family now. You're part of our squad. And uh, this upcoming month, you need to come to uh, our all-nighter and just spend an entire night with us. It's going to bless your life. All right, well, I am a yelling, screaming, hype man preacher. Uh, so if you love Pastor David, if you love Pastor Darison, you're going to love me because this is something that I know. This is something that I know. I, I love sports. I love games. I love friends. I love a lot of things in this life, but there is nothing that gives me more hype, more excited than the, the God of the universe that literally changed who I was. Oh, you ought to even know, I went from a bench-sitting, bench-warming basketball player to minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God wants to take you from where you are to somewhere greater. And I believe he's going to use this ministry to do it. And so listen, y'all, don't miss a Wednesday. Listen, y'all, when you're here, like, give it your everything. Because every moment matters when that moment is spent with the one who created the universe. Like, I'm, I'm not preaching about me tonight. I'm not preaching about some imaginary figure tonight. I am preaching about the God who spoke and mountains popped out the ground. He spoke and oceans formed. He spoke and stars appeared in the sky. He spoke and he said, you know what? The earth is going to rotate around the sun at the exact point where it can uh, sustain the human body. And the plants are going to allow the humans to breathe, and the humans are going to allow the plants to live. Listen to me. That does not happen by accident. The universe does not just create a system that intricate. If the world is this specific and this designed, there has to be a designer. And if we're creation, then there must be a pretty great creator. Because there is no one on this earth that has the same DNA as you. Even twins have different DNA. They look the same, but they're different. Why? Because my God is not a repeat God. He's not a copycat God. He is the original creator. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. There was no one before God, and there will be no one after him. You can't impeach God, and he is not going to resign. No one can tell him to get off his throne. And if God is on his throne, and we're in our seats, I want you to know that the God who runs the universe cares about each and every one of you. If he didn't care, he wouldn't have created you. I said, if he didn't care about you, he wouldn't have created you. Why waste his time when there's already like 7 billion trillion, I don't know the number, 7 billion other people on the planet? Why, why waste his time? He didn't waste his time. He saw a plan, a destiny, a purpose. And so I'm going to get into the message of test. 
the text tonight, preaching from the Bible, the Word of God, and then we're going to pray and dive in. But I want you to understand this tonight, that this Word of God, it has the power to change you. Because the one who wrote it, the one who inspired it is the same God that created you. So if we can understand more about God, we can understand more about ourselves because God made us. And so this is so important that you pay attention tonight, that if you want to, you take notes tonight because this word's going to change you. We are in a series called Goats, the greatest of all time. And so tonight, the goats, the greatest of all time, we're going to talk about is David, a man of God in the Bible who served God. He took down a giant called Goliath with just a sling and a stone. And if you've been at church for any amount of time, you probably have heard the story of David and Goliath, right? So check this out. I'm not here to preach about uh, how David took some stones and, and, and God gave him power and he, he slung it, a, a stone and a slingshot and hit a giant in the head. And feet. No, no, I'm not here to, to preach about the battle. I, I'm not even here to preach about the miracle. Check this out. I'm here to preach about what we should do after the miracle, after the breakthrough, because God is changing hearts and lives in this youth. God changed your life at youth camp. God rocked you at Encounter Weekend. Last Wednesday, someone in this room got delivered from sin, and if God has done anything great in your life, he has something greater. But I refuse to be a Christian who receives something great from God and then doesn't do anything with it. So you want to know the title of tonight's message? What to do when God does something great. How do we respond to the greatness that God's been doing this year? Like 2019, like Brave Church is rocking Miami, y'all. Like people's lives are getting changed. Like, Like this city will never be the same because of 2019 at Brave Church and Brave Youth. But God hasn't just called you to spectate and watch what Pastor David does or Pastor Darrison and Whitney does. I I believe it says it when you walk in the door. Let's see what God can do through youth. What can God do through us? So the title tonight is, is simply this. Man, what to do when God does something great. Let's pray together. And then we'll dive into the word. Jesus, I pray over our next few moments today, God, that they would be powerful, they would be anointed, and they would be life-changing, God. Let your word change who we are, Jesus. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor for everything great that happens tonight. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all ready for the word tonight? Y'all ready for the word tonight? Oh my gosh, let's get it. If you have a Bible, uh, pull it out to 1 Samuel chapter 17. If not, it'll be on the screens behind me. And this is the story of David and Goliath right after David has used a sling and a stone to knock down the giant. Now this giant named Goliath, he was a part of an army called the Philistines. And this man specifically was speaking against the people of God. He was going to attack uh, the people of God and and they, they wanted to take everything they had. So imagine that there was an army of people that said, we hate brave church and we're just gonna go and we're gonna raid and we're gonna, we're gonna hurt people, we're gonna steal all of their stuff. That's pretty much what's happening right here in 1 Samuel chapter 17. So we're gonna start in verse 50 and it says this, so David triumphed of the Philistine with a sling and a stone. I want you to get this part. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Now you've probably heard a sermon on that, but let's preach about what happens next. Verse 51, here we go. 
David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and he drew it from its sheath. After he had killed the giant, he cut off his head with the sword. Now, when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran away. Then the men of Israel and Judah, they surged forward with a shout, and they pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. There they were dead strewn all over the roads at Ekron. Now when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they went and plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and he brought it to Jerusalem. Then he put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. Now as Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? Abner replied, as surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. But the king said, find out whose son this young man is. Now, as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. I'm here to preach to you tonight about what to do when God does something great. You see, for David, who was a goat, he was an absolute great man of God who, who ended up becoming a king one day and, and doing great things for God, just like many of you guys. Uh, for him, in this situation, uh, God did a miracle. He allowed him to defeat a giant who had a sword, a spear, and a javelin, and all he had was a slingshot and some rocks, and he defeated the giant. The entire army was scared of this giant because he was so tall, so big, and so strong. Yet this teenager picks up a sling and a stone, nails him right in the forehead with enough force to knock him down, takes his own sword, and kills him. And you would think that, like, the story would end there, right? Like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. David is an incredible teenager. He killed a giant. Let's make him king. But it wasn't until years later that he became king. There was a process after God did something great. And like I said earlier, God is doing great things in your life. He's already done something great in your life. Is he, if he hasn't yet, he's going to do it soon. But we have a responsibility to respond to the greatness of God. I said, we have a responsibility to respond to the greatness of God. I mean, that's what the cross is, right? Like, if you don't respond to what Jesus did on the cross, it's just a statue. It's just a necklace. It's just something on the side of a church building. But when you respond to the cross of Jesus Christ, it takes your sin away. It takes your shame away. It takes your guilt away. And it makes you brand new. We have a responsibility to respond to the cross, and we have a responsibility to respond to the greatness of God. Yeah. So point number one, what do we do when God does something great? Number one is we celebrate. We celebrate. Verse 51 and 52 said this, when the Philistines saw that their hero, Goliath, was dead, they turned and ran away. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout with a shout. I love that. The first thing, when David uses his stone and his sling and he knocks down the giant that was just cursing at them and saying, we're going to come kill you guys and take all your stuff. 
God does a miracle allowing a teenager to defeat a grown man giant. And the first thing they do is they shout. Man, when was the last time you shouted about what God did in your life? When was the last time you used your vocal cords to say, God, thank you for saving me from hell? God, thank you for, for healing my family. God, thank you for, for taking away my guilt and my shame. God, thank you for giving me a calling and a purpose. God, thank you for giving me friends at Brave Youth. When I had no friends, I had no purpose. I sat at the lunch table by myself every day, but now I'm surrounded by people who love me and love God. The first thing they did was shout. I don't know if you noticed, but there's only two Two uh, parts of your body that can make noise without any assistance from anyone or anything. Your hands and your mouth. My hands, that was like a, a little whale or something. I don't know. Like a seal at SeaWorld. Don't watch Blackfish, it's terrible. Just kidding. I don't know why I said that. All right, my hands can make noise in my mouth. I, can't, I can kick as hard as I want. I can like wiggle my ear as much as I want. I can sniff as much as I want. Nothing's gonna make sound like clapping my hands and using my voice. I mean, I can stomp, but really it's the floor making the ground. My hands and my mouth. Why is that important? Because people come to church, people come to brave church, People come to Brave Youth, and I'm like, bro, what? why everybody clapping their hands? Why everybody using their voice? Why do they keep standing up and clapping their hands? Why do they keep using their voice so much? Because I don't know about you, but that's what God has given me to thank him. So I will clap my hands. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I will use my voice. God, I worship you. I praise you because you are worthy to be praised. That's all I got. And so there's some youth in here that you're like, man, I'm not, I'm not all that spiritual. Like, I don't know all my Bible verses. So, like, I, I don't really know how to, how to encounter God. Like, man, I've, I've only been coming for, like, a week. So I don't, I don't, I don't really know, like, how, how to worship. Or, man, I, I, I honestly, like, I was sinning just last week. I, w- I was sinning just last night. And so, like, I don't think I can use this, this voice of mine to, to sing about the Holy Spirit burning like a fire inside of me. Yes, you can. Because the moment you raise your voice and say Holy Spirit burn inside of me he's gonna burn out the sin he's gonna burn out the shame he's gonna burn out the doubt the insecurity and he's gonna make you new baby but you got to open your mouth you got to clap your hands you got to use what God gave you there's so many young people that are like oh if I was only if I was more talented if I was more pretty like her if I had all the Instagram followers then I would really do something for Jesus you got hands in a mouth don't you You got a hand to write prayers that'll change. (laughs) That'll change your family's life. But if you would just use the hands that God gave you and just write it into existence, my family will be saved. My brother will have salvation. My, my, My parents will love each other again because I don't know about you. But my God has done something great. And if God does something great, then he has something greater in store. Because my God doesn't go from great to good. He goes from great to greater because he is the greatest of all time. Somebody give him praise in this house tonight. He's the goat, y'all. He's the goat. 
So what's the first thing we should do when God does something great? We got to celebrate. Guys, celebrate every win. Like, I don't care if it's just like your first week, like staying pure, celebrate it. Go to Cold Stone and get you some ice cream because Jesus, I was pure this week. I was righteous this week. I read my scripture first thing in the morning, seven days in a row, Bible app streaks. You can't touch me. We don't, I don't even know if I should go there. No, I'm going to go there. Like, you got Bible streaks or Snapchat, Snapchat streaks, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I'm trying to, all right, here's what you do. You get, like, Bible streaks on the Bible app, and then you post it on Snapchat, and you get both at the same time, roasted. Every day. Just, dude, this next week is going to be, like, Snapchat's going to, like, be posting Jesus as king like Instagram is. That's a whole other sermon. Pastor Darrison can preach on that. But Jesus is king. Don't, don't get it twisted. He's he king. He's king. First thing you got to do is you got to celebrate. Second thing is this. When God does something great in your life, in your youth church, in your ministry, when God does something great, number two, is you got to take something home with you. You got to take something home with you. You see, the first thing they did is they celebrated. They shouted. And check this out. As Christians, as believers, um, especially as church people, we, we have a lot of shouting moments. Like, you know, those moments in worship, man, those, those Sunday nights, y'all that are like in this thing, you're like, I, I can't just go to church on Wednesday. I got, on Wednesday night, I got to get on Sunday night too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have those shouting moments with God. And it's awesome. I mean, I love it. I love Sunday night church. Like, if you come to Brave Youth, you need to come to Brave Church, too, because it's, it's incredible. Like, double Jesus. But it's not enough just to shout about Jesus, because isn't there a lot of worldly people that all they do is talk? <clears throat> like, yo, I'm, I'm so fly, dog. Y'all see my off-whites? Just kidding. They're $29 from H&M. But y'all see... Like, yo, y'all, y'all, y'all see my new bae, my new boo, like, Instagram, shouting. Yo, I'm the GOAT, I'm the greatest of all time, like LeBron James. Bunch of talk, you can't shoot threes. Your, your, J, your J is crooked. Your tape line is off like mine, because I'm broke and I can't get a haircut. Okay, no, the real reason is Faye's out of town and like a diamond don't let me go to no other barber than Faye because you do it right, but um, that's the real reason. Pray for Faye, he just got married, but. <laughs> married life is the best, just wait, just wait, you know what I'm saying? F find your bae that love Jesus after high school. <laughs> after you get a job, guys, and a car and a place to live, okay? There's a lot of people that are just shouting, but what do we do after the shouting moments? Like, what do we do after youth camp, after encounter weekend, after that one night in your bedroom where the presence of God just fell like heaven, and you're just like shouting like, I love Jesus. And then the next day it's like, Jesus, you even real? Because I just flunked that test. <laughs> like, God, where, bro, like you, you trying to call me to be a pastor, but I can't even pass my test? Like, 
No, I'm just, I'm, we all fail. I'm not roasting people, but after you shout, see, a lot of people shout, but they don't take anything home with them. You see, David, after he defeated Goliath, he didn't just shout about it. He went to Goliath. He said, thank you very much, sir. I'm going to take that weapon of yours, and I'm going to put it in my tent. And people probably look at him like, David, you are four foot two. That sword is like seven foot because it was a giant sword. It wasn't the $7 sword that Pastor Eric got from Party City. It was like an enormous sword. No, no, I, I think there was a, a deeper reason for why David took Goliath's sword. He took it home with him, and he put it in his own tent, his own room, so that every morning when he woke up, every day he began to doubt. Every day he didn't feel the presence of God, he would see that sword and say, I, I don't feel God, I don't see God, but he helped me defeat Goliath. And if I can just remember the great things that God has done, I can have faith for what God is going to do. If you have lost your faith in what God can do, you have to remember what God has already done. But too many of us go to church, go to the presence of God, have moments in worship, and we don't take anything home with us. We just leave it in the presence of God. But God would say, remember that time I spoke to you at youth camp? Remember that moment where you felt my presence so strong, you said, God, I'll never doubt your existence again? Remember that time when, when that family member was sick and, and, and you prayed and the church prayed and they got healed? He said, why didn't, you take, why didn't you take something home with you from that battle? Because if you take something home with you from church, from youth, from God's presence, you will always be reminded of what he's done. And so the rest of this message I'm going to leave this right here because I don't want to ever forget what God did in his presence because I can shout about it all I want but if I don't take that scripture home and put it on my mirror if I don't write down what God spoke to me if I don't seal in my heart the calling that God gave me whenever whenever I'm, I'm trying to go into ministry and it's, it's not providing enough money guess what I'm just going to go get a secular job or, or whenever God spoke to me and said, you're going to go reach that friend. Like, they are going to come to youth. They are going to get saved. But a week later, like, you see them smoking weed in the corner of the parking lot. And like, God, they ain't ever going to get saved. You got to bring it sword home. You did battle in service. You did battle in the presence of God. Why can't you do battle at home? God wants to meet you in your bedroom like he meets you in a basketball gym. You realize there's nothing sacred about this basketball gym, right? What makes it sacred is pre-service prayer. So you can have some pre-service prayer in your bedroom and the presence of God's going to fall. And, and that, that, that weapon, that, that battle, that fight in you you had at church, you can now have at home. But you got to take something home with you. The first thing you got to do is you got to celebrate. When God does something great, we got to respond. We got to celebrate. The second thing we got to do is, is we got to take something home with us. From the presence of God. And the third thing we have to do as we get ready to close tonight is this. We have to remember who we are. We have to remember who we are. Verse 55 at the end of this story said this. As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son 
is that young man? Abner replied, as surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. Pause right there. What if God did something so great? What if God began to change you so radically that people started to ask questions about you? For David, it was, whose son is that? Like, that boy just took out a giant. Who, what family he come from? That, that kid was just praying for people in, in, the, in the lunchroom. What church he go to? What? What? That, that dude... That dude just got cursed out, and he didn't even, he didn't even flinch. He didn't even swing. He just turned and walked away. Like, what if we begin to be, be changed and affected by God's love so much that people asked questions about us? Why is his attitude so different? Why is her confidence so strong? Why is there a joy down in his soul? Why does she dress more modestly than she, than she used to? Why does he not curse anymore? Why does she believe in prayer all of a sudden? These are questions that other young people will begin and are already asking you guys because of the great things that God is doing and because you're taking the presence of God from a church, from worship, from the Bible, and you're bringing it home with you. You're bringing it to school with you. You're bringing it to work with you. You're bringing it to your family with you. And so the scripture goes on to say this after he asked the question. <clears throat> it says, King Saul said, find out whose son this young man is. And as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him before King Saul. And David, still holding the Philistine's head, whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse from Bethlehem. In other words, he was looking at himself and he said, I'm my daddy's son. Like, hey, I'm my daddy's son. I just took out the giant. Uh, dun, 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 dun. No, I'm, I'm, I'm my daddy's son. But y'all know David wasn't ugly. The Bible says he was handsome. Like, he said, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. I defeated a giant, and you know whose son I am? I am the son of Jesse of Bethlehem. I don't know about you, but I know of another man who came from Bethlehem. I, I know of another man who came from Bethlehem, and when someone looks at me and says, you defeated the giants in your life, you, you defeated everything that came against you in your life, am I gonna look in the mirror and say, I did that or am I gonna look in the mirror and say I am the son of Jesus from Bethlehem I am the daughter of Jesus of Bethlehem I am a child of the Most High God I belong to the royal family I defeat giants not because I'm a giant but because he's the greatest I take down my enemies I pray in the spirit I fight for my family I believe for my future because I am a son of Jesus from Bethlehem I am the son of a king I am a daughter of the king and so the question tonight is simply this. Will you be a Christian who simply shouts about God? Or will you be one who takes 
what the enemy tried to use to destroy you. (laughs) You see, that's not the end of the story. King Saul turns on David. King Saul, the the, the king that David was serving, starts trying to kill David because of all the great things God's doing in his life. And he's in a situation where he's on the run. He's on the run. And he, he had to take off so fast because Saul's trying to kill him. And this is what happens. He gets caught in a space where he has no weapon. And so he goes to his friend, and and he's with his friend, and and his friend is like, where where are you going? Like, why are you by yourself? Like, why do you have nothing with you? He says, says, "Well, well, the king has me on assignment, which wasn't what was really happening. The king was trying to kill him. And he said, I I have no weapon to defend myself. I I have no weapon to defend myself. If he comes at me, he's going to kill me. Uh, He says, do you have a spear or a sword or any type of weapon? And his friend goes, actually, yeah. Yeah, the the sword of Goliath, the one whom you killed, his sword is still here in this tent. Take it and go. Take it and go. Listen, the very thing that the enemy tried to use to destroy your life, God is going to use to accelerate your life, to defend your faith, to defend your future, to fight for your friends. God has a calling pornography tried to take you out but purity is going to push you forward insecurity tried to kill you but your confidence in Christ is going to sustain you what the enemy tried to kill you with God is going to hand right back to you as a testimony and say I have a battle to win if God did something great he's going to do something greater if you believe it can you stand to your feet and give God some praise for this word tonight Come on, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to pray. I'm going to ask you a question and pray, and then we're going to split into a fam group so we can talk about this story and how it applies to our lives. There's two people I want to pray for. Number one is this. If you say, you know what, man, I, I, God's done something great in the past, but right now I'm just not feeling it. I'm not there. I, I need revival in my heart. I need, I need God to do something great again. I need to take his presence home with me. And it's just been a while, and I just, I just want you, Pastor Eric, to just pray for me to, to have that presence and, uh, and that fire in me again. If that's you tonight, why don't you just raise your hand with eyes closed just to show God I'm willing. I want that. I want that. I want that. Cool. My eyes are closed too. Hands down. Second question is this. If you say, you know what, this, this God, this Jesus, this, this presence of God, I've never felt that. I've never had a relationship with God, but I want one. The gospel story is this in 60 seconds. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created us humans in his own image. But we as humans rebelled against God. We sinned against God, which means we did what we shouldn't do. And the Bible says that the punishment for disobeying God, for sinning against God is death which means that we deserve to die because of every wrong thing we've ever did and to stay dead and to suffer for eternity. But God had a plan. He sent his son Jesus to be beaten, to be whipped, to be mocked, and to be nailed to a cross. And the reason why Jesus did that was to pay the death penalty that you and I deserve. 
He lived a perfect life, but he took the punishment that we deserve for everything imperfect we've ever done. But he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he rose from the dead, proving that he was God and promising us a home in heaven with him for eternity. And all you have to do to receive that gift of eternal salvation, to be saved, to go to heaven whenever your days on earth are dead, and to have his spirit's power in you to live on this earth is to confess with your mouth and to believe in your heart that Jesus is king. And so if that's you tonight, you say, I never said that Jesus is king. I've never made him Lord of my life. I've never given my life to him, turned away from my sin, everything wrong I've done, and turned to follow Jesus. I've never done that, but tonight I want to do that. Would you raise your hand at this time? Hands up if you want to receive that. Awesome, hands down. Let's pray. Uh, I'm going to pray for that first group first. God, I thank you for every young person in this room that feels like the fire has died, they've lost the presence of God, and they just want to take your power and your strength home with them again. I pray that tonight would be the night that you fuel the fire, you refill them, you refresh them. Holy Spirit, burn like a fire again on the inside of them. You've done great things before, and I know that you're going to do great things again. I know you're going to do great things again, so give it to them and fill them again in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for that second group. You're outside of relationship with God, but you want to be in relationship with God. I need you to repeat this because the way you're saved is you believe in your heart and you say it with your mouth. Believe in your heart and say it with your mouth. So if you want that tonight, say it with your mouth tonight with me. Just say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I turn away from my sin I turn away from everything wrong I'm doing, and I turn towards you. I want to follow you, Jesus. I want to serve you, Jesus. I want to have your power inside of me, Jesus. So fill me with your Holy Spirit and change my life forever. In Jesus' name. I say, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate everyone who made that decision tonight? Welcome to the family. Welcome to the squad. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you like this message, hit subscribe and stay connected by visiting us at brave.guide. We'll see you next time. And remember, no turning back. The best is yet to come.